0: Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense. Happy Wednesday to you. You know, across the country, on January 9th, citizens take the lead on National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. I know, I know like the law enforcement. You know, law enforcement officers of every rank and file have chosen a profession, though, that puts their life on the line every single day for their communities. They've answered a call to public service. It's demanding. It is often very underappreciated. On National Law Enforcement Day, today, we have an opportunity to thank them for their service, offer a token of respect. So, hey, be nice to a law enforcement officer today. Buy them a donut. Help them to have a better day because that is, that's a thankless job. Being a law enforcement officer is the equivalent of being a sports referee. The only time people pay attention to you is when something goes wrong and you made a mistake. But hey, there are a million days that you go and you don't make those mistakes. They don't ever notice those days. We just notice when you screw some things up. And you know, there are a number of great law enforcement officers out there we want to take the time to recognize them today. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe let us know how Colin Kaepernick is planning to spend National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you need some advice. Maybe you are aware of how Colin Kaepernick is going to spend his Law Enforcement Appreciation Day Hey, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, you know you have a little bit of that holiday money to spend. Why not stop by tpublic.com, pick up some of the freshest Daily Dose gear for the people in your life, or maybe just for you, or maybe just for me. I don't care. Well, I don't need it. I don't think I can wear my own gear, can I? I mean, that would be weird, but you can wear it and you can wear it often and out in public places. TPublic.com doesn't just have t-shirts. They've got hoodies. They've got sweatshirts. They've got laptop covers, stickers. They have a ton of Daily Dose gear over there, and you know, we may be adding some more over there very soon, so make sure you stop by and pick up some Daily Dose gear. Today on the show, of course, we will be taking a look at a few of the top sports news stories that are coming out, but then, you know, I am, I'm kind of bummed that college football is already over, so we are talking college football anyways this week. I know it ended, but we're going to do it anyways, and today, we are going to be looking at some of the best and worst moments from the 2018 season. What are we going to remember from this college football season? And what do we wish that we could forget? But first, the NFL coaching pool is really, really weird this year. And I don't know how else to say it. We've already talked about a little bit here on the show, but there are a few moves that took place yesterday, and I don't know if I understand any of them. Here are a couple more things that are a little bit weird that took place yesterday as NFL teams scramble to find their new head coaches. First off, New England Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, who interviewed for the Green Bay Packers head coaching job vacancy last week, confirmed he is returning to the Patriots in 2019. Here's what McDaniels had to say. The book is closed. It's always a humbling experience to have an opportunity to interview with anybody for that position. I was thankful for the opportunity to meet with Green Bay. It always gives you greater insight into another organization of how they do things. It's been very educational for me. Every time I've gone through it. And I've appreciated every single one of them. But I'm completely focused on the Chargers and our season and finishing it strong. And I'll be here moving forward. Now, when you hear that Josh McDaniels is saying, hey, if I'm not getting the Green Bay Packers job, I'm staying here in New England. What do you think? Because it strikes me as, look, here's the deal. I know I had a chance at Andrew Luck last year. I wasn't really sure if his arm was going to fall off. So I didn't take that job. But this year, I mean, name an assistant coach that's done more than I have. Someone, please, point out a better coach than what I have done. Have you seen what I've done with Tom Brady? Are you kidding me? I want Aaron Rodgers. Or I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. You know, I actually remember doing this when I was a little kid. I used to play Monopoly with my sister. And if I didn't get Boardwalk and Park Place, I would fling the board across the room and just quit right then and there. Josh McDaniels just flung the Monopoly board across the room. That is exactly what he just did. Now, one other coach is off the market, although I don't know if it's one we were really thinking of because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be signing former Arizona Cardinals head coach, Bruce Arians, to be their new head coach now. He's going to move over. Now, Arians is 67 years of age. And don't forget that he just told us last year... He was retiring. He was tired. He was done. He couldn't do it anymore. He wanted to spend some time with his family. We know Bruce Arians has gone through some health things. Hey, he wanted to appreciate what was important and spend some more time with the people he loves. Well, he doesn't love him that much because he's jumping right back into the rat race again. That lasted a few weeks. He is now going to be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, they say that one of the biggest keys that Tampa liked about Arians was the fact he is a big Jameis Winston fan. He believes he can revive the career of Jameis Winston. Now, in order to do that, Tampa is going to have to pony up a ton of money to keep that guy. I mean, you tell me. I don't know, Bruce Arians. I know you're a smart guy. I know you understand offenses. I know you are an intelligent head coach, but I don't know that you're that wise to be hitching your star to Jameis Winston's wagon. That might end in disaster. But then, we actually had one other coaching move in the NFL that, hey, kind of took everybody by surprise because USC offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury, who had just taken that job as offensive coordinator, has now instead taken the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. I, I'm assuming instead. I don't think he can do both, can he? No, I think he's doing that instead. He's not going to be like, okay, I'll coach USC's offense on Saturdays, and I'll fly over coach Arizona on Sunday. No, I think he's taking the Arizona job instead. Now, USC had initially been blocking NFL teams from interviewing Kingsbury. He just joined USC staff last month after he was fired as Texas Tech's head coach. Now, it looks like USC, who originally was saying they would not let Kingsbury interview with NFL teams, apparently softened their stance and said, okay, if you want to go see what's out there, We'll wait around, and when you get done, you come back to us. Remember when USC was like the hottest girl at the dance? Do you remember that? Like, it wasn't that long ago. It was just a few years ago. USC was the hottest girl at the dance. I mean, she had Matt Leinart. She had Reggie Bush. They were playing for titles every single year. And yes, she was a little bit skanky, but hey, make no mistake. USC was smoking hot. Well, here is where the USC Trojans are right now. She actually let her fiance step out, sleep around on her in hopes that, well, I'm just hoping maybe, you know, once he kind of goes and does his thing and gets that out of his system, he's going to come back and marry me. Now, if your friend or your relative or someone you were close to, if they were doing this You'd be like, what are you doing? Have some self-respect. Cut that fool loose. You don't need this person in your life. But I mean, to be fair, USC has put on a little weight, showing some wrinkles, smokes a little too much. You know, the teeth are going a little bit yellow. And so we all just go, well, I mean, good luck, sweetie. Hopefully he comes back to you. I'm sure he will. I'm sure you guys will be fine. You guys were meant to be together. I'm sure he'll come back. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to all work out. Hey, sorry, USC. I do. I feel bad for you. But can I give you just a little advice? Go ahead and hit the dentist. Hit the gym hard. And I mean, maybe hit the STD clinic and then go find someone better than Cliff Kingsbury to run your offense because he wasn't that interested in you to begin with. And by the way, Arizona, you just hired a guy that couldn't win in Lubbock. What do you think he's going to do in the NFL? Because You couldn't do anything down there. I don't know why in the world NFL teams are looking at Cleve Kingsbury and saying, hey, that's our guy. That just shows you how bad this pool of coaches is this year. They're talking right now. The Denver Broncos are down to Mike Munchak and Vic Fangio. Who? The NFL coaching search this year is rough. Hey, Coming back, we are continuing to talk college football this week. What moments are we going to remember from the 2018 season? Yes, it's already over, but wow, that just went by way too fast. We have a few things that we are going to remember from this season. We're going to talk about those when we get back. So what will you remember from this 2018 college football season? Now, maybe it's going to be that the same teams played for the title yet again when Clemson beat Alabama. And yeah. For sure, we're definitely going to remember that. Maybe it's going to be a few teams being a little bit better than we thought they'd be. And yes, there were a number of other teams that disappointed us too. But let's take a look at a few of the most memorable moments from the 2018 college football season. And you know, when I think back to the best games, one of the more memorable games to me from this season has to be the Big 12 game between number 13 West Virginia and number 17 Texas that took place in Austin. This game was back and forth all day. These teams put up nearly 1100 yards combined, but late in the game, it was Texas actually holding on to a 41 to 34 lead. There was less than a minute to play, but West Virginia quarterback Will Greer finds Gary Jennings Jr. for a 33 yard touchdown. There's just 16 seconds left. Now just kick the extra point and you are headed to overtime, but West Virginia head coach Dana Holgerson, who has since moved on to Houston, he doesn't think that way. He's a little bit of a different guy, so he goes for two. Hey, let's go win it. And they go out and they throw a complete pass to apparently win the game, but the referees ruled that Texas had called a timeout prior to the play. Okay, well now you gotta kick it, don't you? No, Holgerson says, "Hey, go do it again." They did it again, and quarterback Will Greer scrambles into the end zone and West Virginia beats Texas 42-41. to In fact, here is a clip of that play from Fox Sports. Greer in the gun. Greer, quarterback run. Greer, he got it. Touchdown. Two-point conversion for West Virginia. Definitely one of the more memorable moments of the season from 2018. And you know, it was just two weeks later, we saw another crazy one. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Remember, they were a preseason favorite to contend for a national title. They were boasting a number of starters on both sides of the ball. But something about Ohio State didn't quite look right. And in October, they actually stumbled. They had that blowout loss to Purdue. But then they would rebound, wouldn't they? Uh, Well, sort of. On November 17th, Ohio State was in some serious trouble. This time, it wasn't to Purdue. It wasn't to Michigan. It was to Maryland. At the end of the first quarter, the Terrapins led Ohio State 17 to 3, and you know the Buckeyes were chasing all day. Maryland would score, Ohio State would catch up, but they never could quite get over the hump. Finally, they sent the game into overtime with the score tied at 45. Ohio State gets the first possession. They score a touchdown, kick the extra point. Maryland scores a touchdown, but again, we're going to go for 2 and we're going to win it. But the pass fell incomplete and somehow Ohio State survived Maryland 52 to 51. That is a game that I will definitely remember from this 2018 season. But maybe the craziest game of the college football season was the following week in college station when number 22 Texas A&M hosted number seven LSU in the final week of the regular season. Now, this game saw a number of lead changes. A&M scores a touchdown with no time remaining in regulation to force overtime. We thought, okay, the game's about to be over. Yeah, it was actually just getting started. First overtime, both Texas A&M and LSU kick field goals. Second overtime, both score touchdowns and kick extra points. Third overtime, they both score touchdowns and score two point conversions. Then they both kick field goals again in the fourth overtime. They both score touchdowns but miss two-point conversions in the fifth overtime. They match TDs and two-point conversions in the sixth overtime. Finally, this game goes to a seventh overtime. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow runs for a touchdown, but LSU's two-point conversion failed. So Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond throws a 17-yard touchdown. They can now win it here. Texas A&M's game comes down to this two-point conversion here is a clip of that conversion from the SEC Network. Rodgers in the slot from outside the 5. Come on, looking that way. Got it! It's Rodgers! The Aggies win the game of the year in the Southeastern Conference! The Texas A&M Aggies beat LSU 74-72 to in 7 overtimes. Definitely the regular season game of the year. Just absolutely insane. And I remember watching this and just thinking, when is this ever going to end? Whatever happens, they just seem to match it every single time. Finally, A&M gets the win. But you know, the other game from this season that stands out to me has to be the SEC conference championship game. Because Alabama once again was undefeated. They were going to be in the college football playoff no matter what happened in this game. But the Georgia Bulldogs wanted to be in that playoff too. They jumped on Alabama. They led the game 28-14 to in the second half. They knocked sophomore quarterback Tua Tagovailoa out of the game. And that was when we saw just a bizarre story because in comes senior backup, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, the guy that could have transferred or complained or moped around when he got benched for Tagovailoa, he could have said how he was getting a raw deal and he was a senior and look at my record and look at all I've done. He didn't do that. Instead, he comes into the game in a story that is way too corny for Hollywood to even touch. Hurts comes in, wins the big game. He throws for one touchdown. He runs for another touchdown and Alabama scrapes by Georgia with Jalen Hurts leading the way. Not only was it a memorable, exciting game, but I mean, what a great story for young kids to watch. What a great story of perseverance, of hard work that we saw with Jalen Hurts just saying, hey, I don't care about all that stuff. I'm just here to help my team win, and he did exactly that. You know, the SEC Championship, for that reason, might actually be the most memorable game of this 2018 college football season, at least for me. Let's move on from the games. When we think back to the 2018 college football season, which players actually stand out to you? Which players are you going to remember? And I will tell you a few that stand out for me. And two players that may not get a ton of recognition for their seasons are the two that right off the bat come to my mind first. And that is Clemson defensive lineman Christian Wilkins and Alabama defensive lineman Quinn and Williams. Because both of these guys were absolutely dominant all season. And I know that they tend to get overlooked because they're inside. They don't always get those gaudy sack numbers playing interior defensive line as opposed to playing on the end. But when you have a top-notch interior defensive lineman, it just changes your entire defense. And we could see that all season with these two guys because you are more stout against the run. You clog things up. Sometimes we would even see these guys push offensive linemen back into opposing running backs. And then in the passing game, instead of just having that rush off the edge and we see opposing quarterbacks step up in the pocket, maybe even take off running or step up in the pocket and deliver that painful long throw downfield, because wide receivers got behind the defense. That's not what you have with these two guys. Wilkins and Williams were right up in opposing quarterbacks' faces all year, right up around their knees, making them uncomfortable. They can't step into their throws. Hey, I know they're defensive tackles, but Christian Wilkins and Quinn Williams are possibly the most impactful players in college football this year, and they're about to both be very, very rich, because I'll be surprised if these two aren't the first two or three picks off the board in the 2018 NFL draft. I know a lot of times we don't think of defensive linemen, but these are two guys that I think about, and they played each other for the national championship this year. But if you're thinking back to this season, let's be honest, we don't always remember defensive linemen, right? We remember quarterbacks every single time, and in that, this season is no different. There are a number of quarterbacks that were insanely fun to watch, but... Here is the thing that stands out to me about 2018. How many first-year quarterbacks that we saw having so much success? Because do you realize that every single Heisman Trophy finalist this year was a first-year quarterback? The first time they had started. Remember, Kyler Murray took over for Baker Mayfield down at Oklahoma. He wins the Heisman. Tua Tagovailoa took over for Jalen Hurts at Alabama. He comes in second. And also, Dwayne Haskins was named the starter at Ohio State after JT Barrett left after, I don't know, like 14 seasons in Columbus. Also, don't forget that every single quarterback in the college football playoff Final Four was also a first-year starter. Kyler Murray, Tua Tagovailoa, Ian Book at Notre Dame, and then Trevor Lawrence at Clemson who goes on to win the title. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know why first year starters had so much success this year. Maybe it was just a freak thing and that's how it happened. Or maybe it's college coaches getting them up to speed quicker. Maybe it's the fact they can enroll in the spring and catch up and get ready to play quicker. Or maybe we're seeing high school football programs running very similar systems to what the college game is running. And so it's not actually that big of a jump for them. Whatever it is, it seems to be working. Now, I don't know if these are all NFL guys. I guess we're going to see. But these first-year starters are definitely something that I am going to remember from the 2018 season. Okay, coming back. We are still looking back at the 2018 college football season. But you know it wasn't all good, right? What are the worst moments from this season? We have looked at the good. And now when we get back, we're going to also be looking at the bad and maybe even the ugly too. So yes, the 2018 college football season did provide some very good things. We had some good games. We had some great players. We had some really good quarterback play, but not everything from the season was good. In fact, the season got off to a really, really ugly start. Clear back in spring workouts, we saw an extremely sad story coming out of College Park, Maryland. Because on May 29th, during a very challenging afternoon practice, 19-year-old Maryland offensive lineman Jordan McNair collapsed and was hospitalized with heat exhaustion. Now, an investigation would later reveal that McNair's body temperature was at around 106 degrees. At the hospital, they would eventually get it down to 102, but then he passed away from heat stroke. Now, head coach DJ Durkin would eventually be fired from the school after the report stated that team personnel had not done enough to help McNair when he collapsed. And I mean, at the end of the day, that is up to the head coach to have the right people in place on his staff. Right off the bat, we had an ugly start to the season in 2018, but it actually didn't end there because on August 1st, just weeks prior to the start of the season, Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer was placed on administrative leave by the university after reports surfaced that Meyer had known about spousal abuse allegations against his assistant coach, Zach Smith, prior to Smith being fired the week prior, and that he hadn't done anything about it. After an independent investigative panel reviewed the evidence, the Ohio State Board of Trustees found that Meyer and Ohio State University Athletic Director Gene Smith did not uphold the values of the university. So on August 22nd, the board voted to suspend Meyer For the first three games of the season, he missed games against Oregon State, Rutgers, and Texas Christian. Now, Ohio State won all those games. But this whole thing, it just kind of felt like a cloud that was just lingering over the program all season. Now, Ohio State went 10-1. and When you look back at this season and you look at the record, they won the Rose Bowl. You wouldn't sit there and say, hey, Ohio State had a horrible season. No, they didn't. But Don't forget they did get blown up by Purdue. And don't forget they did have games like that Maryland game we talked about earlier. What in the world are you doing playing with Maryland? They end up missing the national playoff. And you do kind of look back and just wonder, maybe all this stuff with Urban Meyer at the beginning of the year contributed in some way. It had to. There was just too much stuff around Ohio State to get the season started. And as a result, definitely one of the bad things we saw in college football this year. You know, I'll tell you one of the other worst moments that I will remember from this college football season, and that is when the LSU Tigers, with a 10-3 and record, won the College Football National Championship. Wait, what? Yes, LSU somehow managed to knock off the defending pretend national champions, the Central Florida Knights. They ended their win streak at 25 games. Now, of course, last season. Central Florida went 13-0, and then they pretended like they had won the national championship. And when I say pretended, I mean, they really committed to the make-believe. Like, they didn't just say it. They weren't just like, hey, we feel like we're the national champions. No, they actually, like, got after it. Like, they really believed it. They had a parade. They ordered rings. They unveiled a banner. They acted like they had won the title. And this season, all we heard about all year was how Central Florida deserved to be ranked higher despite the fact that their strength of schedule was like 86th in the entire country. So Central Florida ends up going to the Fiesta Bowl and losing to LSU. And yes, I know, I know. They didn't have their starting quarterback, McKenzie Milton. And I do like that kid a lot. And that did definitely hurt them. But I watched that game. LSU looked like absolute garbage in the Fiesta Bowl. And still, they controlled the game all day. They weren't impressive. They didn't even have their entire team playing. Their defensive backfield was a bunch of guys that had just walked on. They were just looking for guys to fill uniforms because no one was playing, and the ones who were playing got ejected for targeting. So I understand Central Florida didn't have everybody. Neither did LSU, and LSU still made it look pretty easy. In a game that you have to think, they probably weren't that interested in playing. So I know... That the hype was out there for Central Florida. Maybe they could put together back-to-back pretend national championships. Didn't happen. It was a little bit ugly. LSU beats Central Florida and put an end to their short dynasty. Finally, the last thing that I will remember from this season, and I will remember it in a bad way, is for how the bowl season played out. And I know that the bowl games cannot be forsaken. I know that they're sacred. And I'm actually hearing now, from a number of people in the sports media world, that we shouldn't expand the playoffs because there were so many bad blowout bowl games and the playoff games were blowouts. So if they expanded it, wouldn't that just mean more blowouts? But what if, and just stay with me for a second, what if by putting a few more teams into it, we actually ended up getting the right teams? Because when I look at the past few years, I can say almost every single year, I don't know if that team belonged. I don't know if that team belonged this year. I don't know that Notre Dame belonged there. Yes, they went undefeated. No, they didn't play anyone. So I don't know that they should have belonged there. But the college football playoff committee has such a difficult job. Are they picking the most deserving team? Or are they picking the best team? And right now, it looks like they're kind of trying to have the best of both worlds. And I don't think you can do that. Hey, Notre Dame went undefeated this year. So they were definitely deserving of getting in. Were they one of the best four teams in the country? No. And we saw that in that playoff game when they just get throttled by Clemson. So I know that there is talk out there that expanding the playoff would make for more blots. But I don't know if I believe that. Because I think then we would actually possibly see the eight best teams. And maybe you'd start to weed out some of the teams, like in Notre Dame this year, that didn't actually belong. That did get eliminated quickly. And did get sent home. I want to see the best teams in the playoff. That is the bottom line. I don't care about agendas. And I don't care about making Notre Dame happy. I just want to see the best teams get into the playoff. So if we expanded the playoff. I think that gives us a better chance to have more fun games to watch. To have more interesting games to watch. Because I'm telling you. This bowl season was not good. When I think back to 2018. One of the things I will remember was how bad the bowl games were. You would be hard-pressed to find a single good game. We talked about it yesterday. What, the Liberty Bowl maybe? I don't know, a Sun Bowl or something? It sure wasn't any of the big games because none of the big games had any interest at all. The national championship game on Monday night between Clemson and Alabama, it was intriguing, I'll give it that, but it was hardly a good game. It wasn't a well-played game, and it certainly wasn't a close game. As good As college football was, as good as college football is, and as competitive as we see it throughout the year, college football bowl season in 2018 was extremely disappointing this year. I know, I know. Don't expand the playoff. You're just going to have it worse. I don't know if i buy that. I think by expanding the playoff, you actually could make it a little bit better. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we are going to continue to talk college football this week because we still have our year-end college football awards to hand out. We need to hand out our very own Heisman. But who was the best quarterback in the country this year? Who was the best running back? Who was the best wide receiver? Who was the best defensive player? What about the coach of the year? We have a number of Daily Dose college football awards to hand out tomorrow here on the show. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails, the texts, and the tweets. Don't forget, stop by tpublic.com where you can pick up some Daily Dose gear They've got a number of great items over there. I've heard from a few people that have gone over and ordered them, and they say they are very pleased with the results. So make sure you stop by tpublic.com and pick up some of that fresh Daily Dose gear. have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday.